You're listening to Virgin Control, Pounding Rings Digital News Show. <laughs> On this episode, it's going to be all about them pixels, specifically the brand new Google Pixel phone and all of the wonderful toys it's going to play with. Everything from Google Assistant to the Google Daydream VR headset. This is version control and along for the ride, as always, Word Gangster, Pound of Grain, Associate Creative Director, Scott Liu. Welcome. Word Gangster. I like that. That's going on LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what I'm, that's what I'm trying to do is build LinkedIn and Twitter profile <laughs> items. Yeah. Nice to have you. And of course, the man, the legend, writer, filmmaker, audio god, Nick Hewen. <laughs> hi, hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> audio how you, god. How do you follow that? I know, right? I don't even... Well, the sound's so good in this podcast now, like nothing's going to stop us. No, we're invincible. We are invincible now. New or, name, new sound, new crew, rock and roll. Sweet. It's like a new season of Friends. <laughs> it, it's exactly like that. <laughs> Only better. Yeah. <laughs> Only at least 50 times better. Yeah. Well, here's a, that's an interesting segue into what we're actually going to be talking about today and whether this is going to be 50 times better or not. And I don't know if you guys heard, but Google released a phone along with a couple other new toys. What? That's, a, that's amazing. I thought for a minute you were going to say we were going to be talking about David Schwimmer. <laughs> that's next week. <laughs> yeah. I wish we were talking about Schwimmer instead. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Write us on Twitter if you want the next podcast to be about David Schwimmer. Uh, I wonder if he has an amazing website. Uh, let's park that. But uh, Pixel Phone, Google, new phone. Pixel Phone, Google, Google Home, Google VR. Uh, Google had a big uh, had a had a big keynote the other day, and they announced their brand new phone. Um, with it, Google Assistant, and with that, uh, the I think is a wicked name, Daydream VR headset. Um, nailed that one. Yeah. They absolutely crushed that one. So hopefully it works well. <laughs> no, no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was, that was kind of the big news. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that are coming out of this in that um, if you've seen it, um, it draws a very striking resemblance to an iPhone. Um, there's uh, quite a few technical differences to it. One of the main differences is the introduction of what they're referring to as Google Assistant. Uh, which we'll get into a little bit later. Um, the price point is a is a point of contention for some. The tech behind it is uh, is also a talking point, um, as well as the little add-ons that Google Phone purchasers are going to get. Things like free cloud storage. That um, one seems huge to me. Not it, to it like does. get into the nitty gritty, but the let's do it. The unlimited kind of cloud storage for your photos is such a different dynamic than what the iCloud uh, version is. That just seems like for for a certain user that's going to be a huge like I know I don't have to pay for more. Yes, but Jackson, are you willing based on that to give up your fancy new iPhone 7 and give the Google phone a try? You're really putting me on the spot. No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think if we cut like the next 20 minutes of the podcast out, the conclusion would still be and I think this is kind of my perspective on it is it is the closest thing that a competitor has gotten to the same classification as the iPhone. Like all the features combined, the the assistant versus Siri, the camera versus the camera, the look versus the look, and most importantly, you totally mentioned it, Scott, was that price tag, which 
I'm pretty sure some of our staff, like our designer out here in the Toronto office, Mark, shout out to Mark. Uh, hey, Mark. <laughs> hey, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his big point, he was so pumped on this going into the, the, the launch until the, like they released the price point, And then it was like, well, I could just get an iPhone for that. Let's talk the prices. What are we, what are we saying here? So base model, um, base model being, I believe, a 16 gig, um, same as an iPhone, mm-hmm. starting at 899 yeah, I mean, so <laughs> yeah. Well, was, was this supposed to be a, a feature that is a, a price competitor? Or Historically, was this- because of the existence of the Google Nexus, mm-hmm. which was their previous version of phone, uh, which existed right kind of within that Samsung price range, which was significantly lower than than iPhones. I think that was one of the reasons why a lot of people were excited about this new phone coming out because they knew that Google was going to up the tech. Um, Unfortunately, they didn't know that they were going to up the price as well. Now, you can, like, if you sign a contract, it, it becomes a lot cheaper, right? Um, they do, and that's not, kind not, of an interesting Not to be, too. like, uh, tooting our client roster here, but uh, I'm on the pre-order TELUS page. Shout out to TELUS. Um, 32 gig model um, on a two-year plan. Um, $200 is your buyout for that. Well, I'd be willing to give it a go for that. Yeah. But I'm sure the iPhone's like in that same, maybe a little bit more. But, uh, mm-hmm. and there is, didn't you also t- talk about the, 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 the pricing plan? So there is, a, yeah, they've implemented a pricing plan through um, the Google Store. So if you just wanted to buy the phone outright and kind of do your own thing with it, they're offering it um, for $27 a month for two years. So if you I kind of break mo- it down, I love that there, model. It, you're financing it. Yeah, it's genius. So why so long to finally use the Google brand uh, name on on the hardware? I mean, was it because the Nexus just wasn't innovative enough and this phone finally is? That is a great question. I think there is a substantial upgrade with the features that come with this phone that they really did kind of want to start clean with it. They've actually fully retired the Nexus name. Wow. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's it it's definitely seems like part of a wider strategy by by Google to be like more like friendly and f- going out with their their names first for sure. Like it 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 just makes so much more sense to like lead with it's Google Pixel, right? And they don't want to do this, you know, the same thing. They had a lot of fun with the launch at Apple's expense, didn't they? They did. And I thought that was kind of, it was, I thought that was kind of genius of them because, you know, they waited it out and some of their marketing material, they played a big sort of launch video for it. And they made a a very strong point of saying um, that they did not change the headphone jack, uh, which is kind of interesting. They went right at him and said, Hey, you you are either going to buy this phone where you got to change your headphone jack or you can stick with this one, which is, you know, relatively on par with what's going on. um, And, and stick with what you know. 100%. 100%. Yeah. I mean, it was nice. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. I don't think many competitors since, um, what was the, what was the last competitor in their ads where they kind of poked fun at the, the Apple? Was that Samsung? Was that the, probably. Yeah. yeah. But then their phones blew up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now their phones catch on fire. Conspiracy. I don't know. <laughs> I was on the plane, uh, last week, uh, to Vancouver and back and on both flights, they, they announced like if you have that one Galaxy um, version that you cannot turn it on while in flight. <laughs> Please exit the, uh, yeah. the aircraft immediately. Yeah, and then I did see. I think there was like an actual like case of one wow. catching on fire on a flight um, 
earlier uh, in the in the week, depending on when this is released, probably last week. But cool, <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> so other things that are you know cool or not about this phone is they're touting a 15 minute supercharge. So you plug it in for 15 minutes, and you can apparently get seven hours of life out of it. That is very cool. Yeah. Um, They're touting, as with a lot of smartphones these days, that they have the best camera on the market, Mm -hmm. which just seems weird at this point because it's kind of like, you know, when when cars kind of make up their own awards? (laughs) That seems very familiar. It seems like the same thing that, like, telcos do with their, um, you know, best broadband or best, um, you know, connection speed, it, it's, it all becomes kind of a commodity. Like the, right. the cameras are all going to be pretty good Yeah, yeah. at this stage. Um, but I guess it, 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 it definitely w- works to their advantage to talk about. I like the feature with the like switch in three easy steps, the, the, the little thing they have where you can connect your old, iPhone or even an Android device to your new Pixel phone with a quick switch adapter, basically a little wire, then sign into your Google account and then transfer whatever you want to move, like contacts, calendar, all your photos, videos, music, um, and just let uh, Pixel do the work. I mean, I, I like that. Why I've stayed on the platform of Apple now is that it's an easy iCloud backup Put your new um, uh, SIM card in and click a couple buttons and boom, you're back in business and it's pretty painless. Mm -hmm. I think like that's a scary proposition for a lot of users is like, am I really going to? going to switch over. Sure. Um, so if you can ease that transition, that's a great way to uh, win win those new clients. Yeah. And it looks like it's a ridiculous little cord. So. So how about uh, Google Assistant? How is that going to stack up against Siri? So Google Assistant and Siri are slightly different. Um, Siri is like your helper on the phone, so you can ask her things and she'll like give you answers. Assistant is a little bit different in that it knows you. And what I mean by that is it's a little bit weird in that it scrapes everything that you've entered into search queries. It reads all of your conversations and it does all that in, in hopes of anticipating something that you may need. Terrifying. <laughs> I'm in the same boat. Like I, that bothers me. So even though I said terrifying just a moment ago, <laughs> that's your that's your gut response to everything on this show, Nick. Is I'm terrified. <laughs> I'm worried about a dystopian future. I, again, a classic Nickism. The Cla- dystopian future. Classic Nickism is true. Yeah. Because you know I was really drawn to the Blade Runners and the 1984s out there. But what I was going to say is that within a year. Something like Google Assistant will just be a part of my daily life, and I won't even think about it aside from how amazing it is and how I can't live without it. Uh, even though the idea of having my email scraped right now is definitely something that I don't want. I, I completely agree. I'm a little bit afraid that, yeah, that we are just going to get used to it at some point. And, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, it's just Google Assistant, it reads everything. There's some ridiculousness in still with Surrey and still with this where you're like talking into the phone in a way that just doesn't seem natural. Like yeah. you don't see a lot of people like, like speaking in, like they're speaking into a speaker phone. It just seems like kind of weird. Like one, you'd probably be doing it using your like headset and not looking really awkward on stage in front of uh, a couple hundred people. But, uh, it, it seemed like an interesting use of trying to connect the dots. Like he was, he was hilariously trying to, to uh, apologize to his wife uh, for 
working so hard in the lead up to this keynote and get tickets to a concert venue. And it all seemed pretty seamless, but it did look like he had her phone number up on the keynote, which we thought was quite hilarious. Yes. So like 90, the 90,000 people that were watching the keynote probably called her. (laughs) It was, when I was watching, it was like 281,000 live on the, um, on the, on the Google stream. So there must've been, you know, that was probably a good piece. That's a lot of, that's a lot of people watch. That's more than most people watching a given time on like CNN. Oh yeah, totally. Like that, that's pretty impressive to watch a release of a new phone. But that's, let's be fair here. Not everybody knew it was a new phone. Even it was just a Google announcement. That's true. Let's get a personal account on on one thing which I find hilarious is the names of the colors that that. Google has announced for the Pixel. So in in no particular order, the Pixel comes in quite black, really blue, and very silver. Well, I personally applaud this decision because I know exactly what I'm getting. I mean, it could be moderately black. It could be <laughs> kind true. of blue. It could it's, be a little bit silver. Yeah, it's very true. And they, you know, they could have gone... The, the weird artsy way and like named and just made up a word and called it a color like like yeah. Algonquin green <laughs> well let's something. be honest it's, it is kind of stupid actually it, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't understand why they needed to to, like to gauge how much bluer it is than, a, than another blue it's blue it's just showing a little personality in their uh, brand isn't it you, actually you know why Scott because like a lot of the literature about this phone has said uh it is really not that different from an iPhone. They're kind of struggling for features here. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's some, we talked about them. Everything else is pretty much the same. So um, things like that seem like a cheap little way to, uh, you know, make it interesting. Yeah. And you could just see, like, the conversations happening. Like, Jackson, wow, you got the new Google Pixel phone. It's really blue. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I feel like I should just get one, like, un- unlocked on Wi-Fi just to have it. And I, I, I could be conversation starters on, on uh, when I'm talking to people. Well, perhaps Google would like version control to do a product review. <laughs> yes. Always looking for that elusive sponsor for the <laughs> podcast. Nicely done, Nick. Hasn't happened yet. Let's talk about other... ABC. Always be closing. <laughs> Let's talk about beers we can review. <laughs> I think it's it all was a clearly calculated um, rollout. It was an impressive kind of event. And it, it really just... It puts them in the ballpark of Apple. They're not as clever with the the smug headlines of their launch website, but it's hard to compete with this is seven. Mm-hmm. Um, You're welcome. Yeah. Or whatever. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that's, I mean, I think it's a, it's a big step. Like I, I, for me, it just feels like now there's really two options. I agree. Um, and I think other options are going to be few and far between within here. And so before we sort of move away from the Google talk, I should probably mention that they, they talked about a couple of other things in this keynote as well. One is home. Mm. Um, and the other big one is their VR console, which is Daydream. Yeah. So I don't know if anybody's seen that, but Daydream is essentially a VR headset that is meant to be a lot more comfortable. It's made not with hard and um, uh, hard-edged plastic on your face, it's it's actually cloth, and it's apparently a lot more comfortable and easier to use. Um, the only thing that I've heard, though, that could be a bit of an issue, is that I'm hearing that it's only working with the Pixel. Yeah, 
So if you want to, you know, play around with Daydream, you got to buy a Pixel. Got it. I don't so, know if that's the right way to go at this point. Yeah, it doesn't say how much it was, did it? Uh, couldn't, don't have that in front of me right now. I do know that there is discussion about basically giving away headsets as you purchase mm-hmm. Pixel, which makes sense, so it's until also, they run out. It's the right way to go if um, people try that headset and say that it is the one that you have to have. Mm-hmm. So then what's your next option? You have to buy a Pixel. Yeah, that's true. I mean, for me, it just does, well, two things. One, it does a really good job of being like a nicer looking VR headset. So it it looks like something you might actually want to put on your face. It's sleek. Yes. And it, too, has colors. That's Mm -hmm. my second point. So you can (laughs) get it in like a light gray or a darker gray or more of a red color. Yep. The other thing um, that's uh, kind of interesting is it comes with a wand. And a lot of the comments underneath the, the live stream that I was watching is people saying it, lo- it just looks like the Nintendo Wii, which honestly it doesn't, doesn't matter at this point. Um, like that's a bad thing. Exactly. The Wii was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Who, who didn't learn how to bowl on the Wii? I, that's the only way I can play tennis. I dominate on that tennis so much that, that, that Jose refused to play uh, tennis with me on the Wii anymore because I was just too good. In real life, she crushes me. <laughs> um, but I think that's cool. I mean, they're, they're giving accessories. Um, so, I'll, you know, I haven't tried Daydream yet, um, but I'm pretty excited to give it a shot. I think it could be really fun. Um, and it's also interesting to see how they're branching away from just, here's a phone and we're done. You're going to love it. It's, we're Google. We've done so much. We know you're here to see the phone. Here it is. But we've actually done so much more. Yeah. Um, we've connected your home. We know that a lot of people are playing around in VR, so we're going to give them the tools to do that. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do worry about the... Um the lightweight, breathable fabric, because that just seems, just based on what I know of VR, because not everyone has one, it's a very communal toy, and I worry about fabric being a breeding ground. Oh, I agree. It's it's washable. You can wash it? You can wash it, yeah, you can take it off and wash it. That, I think, is a game changer. There you go. That needs to be washed a lot. Yeah, it's, um, what was it called? Microfiber, I forget exactly. Microfiber. What the, microfibers. Or, yeah. It's basically what's used in um, uh, like workout clothes. Yeah, it looks like it looks like a VR headset with like Lululemon pants on it. It does, yeah. It's a Lulu headset. <laughs> Just what we needed. <laughs> yeah. See, that's that's what people could get into. You could have your like Google branded like, meets yeah Nike. Lululemon yep. VR headset totally, and you get like the free um, you know yoga lesson um, VR loaded up on your pixel phone mm-hmm. i see what i think is still amazing is like how is this different from google cardboard in terms of technology because i'm pretty sure that this headset is entirely dumb as they say nick's doing air quotes by the way <laughs> with my yeah, fingers we, we definitely have a rule on the podcast to constantly be pointing out when anyone else is doing <laughs> air quotes for sure. this medium is difficult to convey yourself sometimes you gotta yeah. it's a theater of the of the mind using our words yeah, it's a it's word like, play it's the War of the world. It's not that dumb. Cause it has the the remote. Is that just connected to the the phone? I guess. Yeah. It's not connected to the device. Yeah, exactly. And sense. I think like. Um, so what you're saying, it's just a pair pair of like goggles. It's basically a pair of goggles. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, stylish goggles. Yeah. Eighty dollar goggles. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, completely devoid of electronics. I'm pretty sure. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is one button on it though. I think it looks like to hook the front cover on. Hmm. Uh, actually, there is an NFC chip on the door. 
Oh. This replaces the QR code of Google Cardboard. Oh, that's good, because no one is doing QR codes anymore. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. I loved <laughs> QR codes. <laughs> I was so good at them. <laughs> yeah, I think it's good. And the home stuff, I, I think, uh, you know, puts, puts everything in display. So it's kind of like an airport extreme by Apple, where it like, yeah. does the Wi-Fi monitoring throughout the house and optimizes it for you, right? Yeah, which is kind of cool. I mean, I... I don't experience it a lot living in a tiny, tiny apartment, but they did refer to a little bit of, um, they had Wi-Fi congestion, yeah. which when they were talking about it, I thought it was kind of a joke. And then I realized, oh my God, there's people that actually do have this thing and it's common because um, <laughs> I live in a world where only I exist and I'm important. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I get why they did that. I mean, and it makes sense in terms of optimization. If you're, if you're paying for Wi-Fi and everybody's you know, trying to siphon off of it, it's almost like you have certain areas that are going to be stronger. And, and if they can actually do that in a smart way, when nobody else is using it, it makes sense. It's more efficient. I like it. Yeah. Any other last points on the, on the Google announcement before we move on to some digital picks? Just that it sounded like I was a detractor of the new headset. You're not. No, I love everything that's uh, nice and stylish. Yes. So uh, it looks better. I'm into it. Yeah. It's not cardboard. That's a plus. That's a win. It looks great. It's comfortable, apparently. I haven't tried it yet, but I mean, I can picture myself just... Get on the waiting list. Jackson wrote their line. It's like Lululemon pants on your face. Yeah. <laughs> what I've always wanted. Exactly. <laughs> not <laughs> in a non-creepy way. <laughs> Perfect yeah. time to switch topics. And as everyone knows, mostly the three of us, that we love... Also sharing some weird and wonderful um, picks that we found through the internet um, in the world of digital. Um, so we thought, in light of this, that uh, we would start there, and we're gonna we're gonna let Nick carry us first off today. We he usually bats cleanup. He's gonna bat lead off today. Yeah. So because I brought the heaviest uh, topic <laughs> to the table, yeah, and we all know it. We all know that I was going to, but um, and thanks to the Verge for this article that I read today, but it was about this woman named Eugenia. Did you say a, a boot? It was a boot. <laughs> so Canadian of you. Very Canadian. <laughs> Born and raised very proudly, but Eugenia Quidia. Oh. I don't know how to pronounce her name. She's Russian, but she has a company called Luca. That is an AI program that, um, offers restaurant suggestions and other entertainment suggestions. Very cool, but unfortunately for um, Eugenia, one of her best friends passed away. So she took all of her correspondence with her friend and reached out to her friends and family, or his friends and family, and got about 800 uh, text messages and emails and other correspondence, and with her developer team, uh, created a digital ghost of him. Um, that people can ask questions and talk to him. And according to most of her friends, his friends and family, uh, it is an incredible likeness to what he would have actually said. It conveys his sense of humor, uh, tells stories the way that he would, uh, conveys his sarcasm. Uh, apparently it sounds just like him when you text it. The, it it's, an amaz it's an amazing story. I, like, I think at first it sounds um, dark and creepy, but like the, the sentiment behind it and the power of digital to do something 
interesting that way. I mean, I think from an emotional perspective, it's that seems like at first it might be really hard to like be dialoguing with you know a former loved one or a friend and. Oh, well, but, of course. But I think the idea of behind it seems like a really powerful use of, of the future of digital. It's crazy. And it, it opens up a whole world of questions, of course. Like, is this something that you should really want? You know, you should be should should you be able to let go of somebody who's passed away, or do you want to create a digital ghost for them? And also, you know, is this something that people should want for themselves? You can essentially create immortality for yourself. I can't wait for the dev team at Pound and Grain to turn the hours and hours of podcast uh, <laughs> audio into um, my digital uh, personality for the uh, the life beyond this one. Well, that's that's an interesting question. So, not to get too morose here, but just a quick question uh, of you guys, Scott. I'll ask you first. Um, He's putting us on the spot. Putting you on the spot. Yeah. Would you want this? Would you want your friends and family to create a afterlife you? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a flat-out no. <laughs> Elaborate. Um, <laughs> hard no. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard no. I, you know, I think just the way that... Um, I love technology. I don't think that it, can repl- it actually can replace emotion in this way. I can be proven wrong. That's totally fine, and I get it. Um, but I think if there's, one, if there's one boundary that technology can't and maybe won't cross over, I think it's emotion. But it's not recreating emotion, it's recreating a representation of you. So really it's no different than a photograph in that sense. It's true. It's true. It's almost like taking... um, But it's smarter than a photograph. You can't look at a photograph and have a conversation with that photograph. And you can't... And and when you're you're interacting with a... I'm going to call it a bot. When you're interacting with a bot like that, sometimes you forget that it's a bot. And that's when I think that it's, it's kind of crossing a line. It does blur that line. I agree. Well, I don't know if I'd do a hard no like Scott. <laughs> I'd really only just like that if, if like the company was going on and on and like if if like I could just like come in on Slack to like people who never <laughs> met me and I was still like saying Jackson isms uh, as words of encouragement, you know, with like a like a bad painting on the wall, like um like at Rogers. Yeah, Scott and Scott and I were filming uh, some uh, pre-roll spots the other day up at uh, the Rogers uh, building, and uh, there was an amazing. It's like a mausoleum to Ted Rogers of painting uh, pictures of like him as Superman and him and all these like things. Like, like that's what I want—a tribute to me with a bot in Slack to like encourage the staff forever. Hey, sure, man, that's doable. I, that, I think that's a great one. We'll link that up. In our our, uh, our uh, thinking page uh, promotion for this episode, so you can catch some of these amazing things. And so maybe I'll share my quick one, which is a little. I mean, it's slightly um, dark in that um, the wild card game between the Toronto Blue Jays and um, who did they play? Oh yeah, the Baltimore Orioles. Um, the other birds. <laughs> the other birds. Orange birds versus blue blue birds. So there was Battle a bit of a. There was a bit of an incident um, with some of the the Jays fans. There was a uh, a beer thrown at one of the Orioles players. Uh, totally inexcusable behavior. Like you shouldn't shouldn't be doing that. And wh- one thing I just I just saw you know before we came on here, um, some Jays fans started a Facebook group to sort of um, apologize. All I thought was such a simple thing, super cheap, but they spent about two hundred dollars created a, a post on their 
um, Facebook group um, and then targeted that at Baltimore residents. Mm -hmm. And it was just a simple apology. Um, You know, we, a collection of Blue Jays fans, were embarrassed by the actions of one classless individual in the seventh inning. Real Jays fans know that this kind of behavior has no place in the game we all love. Well, you know, I think that's a just a really nice story. Well, right? I was just going to say that the 200 bucks got them 80,000 um, impressions of the ad. I mean, that's a, like a, a giant reach for a couple hundred bucks and a nice gesture. Wow. They shouldn't have to do that. But it's just interesting, another case for what you can do with um, targeting and Facebook ads. And I thought that was like a really interesting way that, that, that people you know, wanted to do something about an incident which makes Toronto look not great. Mm-hmm. Um, Very cool. Why Very would cool. you want to throw a beer? It's for drinking. See, I think, though, what is the state of sports today that you can't throw a beer at a player? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that guy totally deserved it. Is this war? Or or is this, like, you know, a little, little picnic in the park here? Wow. That was, that was an unexpected and highly aggressive uh, uh, turn of events. Uh, from Nick. Uh, so that's inexcusable. <laughs> and, uh, my apologies to all the listeners out there. Okay, and honestly, beer throwing is wrong. Yeah, there are beers for drinking. Yeah, well, I just don't want it to be the place where the, like, they ban the, the beer sales. I mean, yeah. uh, I've heard that that's happened from time to time. For um, one at, person at, at Skydome. being a dickbag. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, that is dumb. Yeah. That sucks. That what baseball would just be terrible. Without beer? Yeah. Come on. Who would even go? For the love of the game. Scott, you got to have something to to elevate us to complete zen-like positivity. All right. To complete zen-like positivity, I'm going to bring us all the way back to the very beginning, and I'm going to bring up the Google keynote again. Which, which I, I apologize, because I know we, you know, we're, we like to beat dead horses on this podcast. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to do it again. That's our specialty. It is. Adversion <laughs> control. Beating dead horses. No horses were harmed. <laughs> but I would like to, uh, to call out... It, with the Google uh, keynote being you know relatively close in time to the Apple keynote, in my head I have now developed the keynote uh, intro video awards. And this year Google destroyed Apple. And if you if anybody remembers, the Apple intro to their keynote was Tim Cook singing in a car with James Corden and. Pharrell, and they were singing "Sweet Home Alabama" wearing neon sunglasses. And if 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 anybody just needs an even an even more vivid visual, it was awkward, 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 awkward. So this, uh, so Google's keynote, I'm sure they watched that and they were like, "We can't even finish this; it's too cringeworthy." And what they did was something really smart: is they worked with two quite famous actors from the hit show Silicon Valley, and they integrated. Um, the Google Keynote and the beginning of it and the anticipation of it into a very natural um, sounding conversation between the characters of Dinesh and Guilfoyle. And it was brilliant. It wasn't forced. It, um, it actually felt as though you know, we were getting 10 extra uh, minutes of footage from the show. Um, and then it led right into the keynote and was not awkward at all. So that's, that's my pick because I feel like now Apple's got to beat that. Forget the phone, forget the technology, beat the keynote intro video. I think it's just interesting how these keynotes have taken on a life of their own. It's yeah. like the Cold War of keynotes. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's like the Super Bowl halftime show. It is. It's exactly that. And the stakes are high. Because imagine, I would, coming out of this, it'll be interesting to see 
Um, how many phones are sold from each side? What a great cast. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.